The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus was teaching in a synagogue on the Sabbath, and a woman was there who for 18 years had been crippled by a spirit. She was bent over, com completely incapable of standing erect. When Jesus saw her, he called to her and said, Woman, you are set free of your infirmity. He laid his hands on her, and she at once stood up straight and glorified God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant that Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, said to the crowd in reply, There are six days when work should be done. Come on those days to be cured, not on the Sabbath day. The Lord said to him in reply, Hypocrites! Does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his ass from the manger and lead it out for watering? This daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound for 18 years now, ought she not to have been set free on the Sabbath day from this bondage? When he said this, all his adversaries were humiliated, and the whole crowd rejoiced at all the splendid deeds done by him. The Gospel of the Lord. I think I've mentioned this example before, but um, I think it's just an amazingly practical one. So my, my parents are in a, um, a prayer group that's uh, about the divine will, and so they, they mostly read about the, the readings of the mystic servant of God, Luisa Picaretta. And so, um, you know, they, they talk about the will of God in their life, you know, all of the time, <laughs> you know, really all of the time. And, um, and, and one of the things that they talk about is like the letting go of your own will, uh, you know, so essentially, instead of remember, we always remember the line in the Our Father, thy will be done, not my will be done, right? That's the biggest thing. But sometimes the way that we operate in our life is like, very my will be done, right? So we're always sort of trying to relinquish our will, and like let it go so that the Lord's will can fill us up. Sort of the life in the spirit that St. Paul is really, really talking about. Far, far easier said than done, right? It has to be done like constantly, you know, let, letting go of our will, emptying our own, our, our own will out. And uh, one of the things that my, my dad's friend Mike had given this example of, and I think it's such a practical one, because I think the only way that we could possibly do this is if it's in just like the fabric of our very normal existence in life, right? Just in very normal tasks. We think about, um, you know, the little way of St. Therese, or we think about St. Mother Teresa, in her example of like cleaning a toilet with great love for Jesus, right? You know, this concept, right? It's very important. And so he would talk about walking in the grocery store. And of course, you see like the can sitting on the ground and your mind is telling you things like, well, that's not my job. I don't work at Fred Meyer, right? You know, and so you're walking along. But there's all the while, as you walk down the aisle, there's something that's saying, like, pick up the can, pick up the can, pick up the can. And you turn to the next aisle, and still, like, that pervasive voice that's just like, 
pick up the can, essentially do the right thing, right? And then you find yourself in the other, you walk all the way back to the other aisle and you pick up the can and you even face the label, right? So that the next person doesn't do it. And I thought that's, that really is an amazing example of living a life in the spirit, even though it's a very normal, mundane kind of thing, or like the carts, right? You know, do you put the cart in between two spots where it's going to bump into cars, or do you put it back in the little cart corral kind of thing? It's just the way that we live our life in an upright sort of way, that we're actually looking out for other things. And that's the problem with a lot of the examples of, of the hypocrisy of the religious leaders of the day, right? They weren't really ever thinking about doing good. That wasn't their primary focus. They were just following the rules all of the time. But when is the time to do good? It's always the time to do good, no matter what day, no matter what hour it is. We think about if we've ever offered somebody this, it's just like, if there's any time that you ever need anything, call me. I'm sure many of you have said that to friends or family members in your life. That's an example of being led by the Spirit, that it's just like, if you need my help, whatever time is the right time for me to offer you that help. And that's the example that we're looking for in our daily lives. We're trying to be led by the Spirit in such a way that even the smallest tasks that we have are united to doing the virtuous thing, so that Jesus is truly leading us around. And that extends so much to just the most normal aspects of what we do. Driving the car is such a great example of this, right? There's all kinds of people that do things that drive us crazy on the road, right? But I don't know. Can we do that and realize, like, "Eh, I have a feeling that there's a great chance that that person did not cut me off because, like, I'm going to cut that priest off because he's the worst. You know, you probably can't even tell it's a priest, right? You know, it's, it's probably like I wasn't paying attention. I almost missed my exit. And so they sort of cut you off, right? That's the logical thing that our brain would tell us. But what's our response? Is it like, uh, you know, like some kind of fist-waving, yelling action or something like that? Or is there a peaceful reaction in our heart? And, and so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to react out into the world to even just normal things in a way that's worthy of God, a way that's worthy of being a believer of Christ. And we really can do it, but it's, it, the best way to do it is pay attention to it in the normal fabric of our daily life, in our normal tasks, in our normal interactions with people. What we get to do here every morning at Mass is extraordinary. That's an extraordinary thing, but it's sort of an isolated, extraordinary thing in a holy environment reserved to worship God. But when we walk out that door, you know, as temples of the Holy Spirit, that's what we want to do in our normal tasks, and our normal interactions. And if we can be more God-conscious in that way, then that's the thing that really, like, transforms our lives and, and gets other people to know by our actions that we're believers. It's the most evangelistic tool that we have in our arsenal, is be like, you know what? That person functions on a completely different plane. And then they ask themselves, why is that? And they're like, well, they go to daily mass. I always see them walking around the block and they always have a rosary in their hand. And they start putting the pieces together, right? It's just like, I think it's actually God that makes that person really pleasant, (laughs) right? We want people to see that. We want to see the the fruits of of, of our actions. Galatians 6, 9 says, you know, let us not grow weary, you know, brothers and sisters, of doing 
what is right. And, and you know, we'll see that fruit that is born later, later on uh, by the fruit of our actions. Sometimes we don't always get to see it, but often God gives us the gift of seeing some of that, that fruit being born in other people's lives. God bless you all.